Hello and welcome to the Dell TV podcast. My name's Andrew Williamson. And I'm Mel Cashin. This is part of a series that will focus on what is going on in digital learning and teaching. We have some exciting podcasts planned for the rest of 2018, including talking to some of the authors of articles in our DTLV journal, keynotes from our Digicon conference, and finding out what is happening in some of our member schools. Hey, Mel, how you going? What have you been up to? Well, it's been a while, Andrew. We've, we've had a little bit of a hiatus. I think we were too busy with Digicon. Yeah, Digicon. Man, how good was it? Oh, it was unbelievable. There was so much going on. I saw some amazing presentations. I, I've taken so much back to school, Minecraft, VR, AR stuff. It's um, Yeah, it was really great. Fabulous. Yeah, well, me too. Like, I attended some, um, like, Steve Allen's um, uh, talk, and he's, you know, he's really hands-on sort of unplugged stuff, which is perfect because, you know, I'm doing a bit of that as a coaching role at school at the moment, and, um, yeah, the staff are really just loving it. Uh, so it's it's been really beneficial. Yeah. And the keynotes, how inspiring were they? I loved hearing from Rafrans and hearing the stuff that, that she was doing uh, in the States and just how much it applied to what we were doing. And then Chris was really, really inspiring. Oh. It was fantastic. Yeah, I look, I really love Chris's approach. It's so entertaining, um, yet, you know, poignant to what's actually going on uh, at the point, you know, in our schools currently. Um, but for me, you know, Luke um, Luke Pearson was like an inspiration and I really cannot wait uh, to get my hands on, the, you know, the new science curriculum that embeds the uh, Aboriginal perspective on, you know, science and Aboriginal scientists. It's so yes. exciting. And then for me as a primary school teacher, Linda Lucas, there was uh, (laughs) – I just wanted to see her and put her into my classroom. Like she was just fabulous. She was fantastic. Yeah, totally agree. It was awesome. But one of the great things was hearing about all of our award winners as well. I know. And – what, how lucky are we today or tonight to have Marcus Mulcahy from Karen Primary School, who was our um, Digitech Teacher of the Year award? Yeah, so uh, amazing things that Marcus has been doing. So, welcome, Marcus. G'day, how are you? It's good to be here. Right. So, Marcus, tell us a little bit about Karen Primary School and where is it? How many students have you have you got there? And what are some of the things you've been up to? Well, uh, Karen Primary School, and let me think, we're located about 30 kilometres from Melbourne. We're down by the bay. Uh, I think it's the most beautiful part of the world. There's only sort of five-minute walk from the best beach around the bay, I would say. So we're in a great spot. It's um, We've got about 320 kids in our school. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Karen's the place to be. It's uh, we're, we're one of those schools which is a, a, we've had a farm at our school for years and years and years. In the 1970s, they... They were uh, chooks and goats and sheep and those sort of things appeared um, with an enthusiastic teacher back in the day and we're a, a five-star sustainable school and so the school's right into the environment and we always presented conferences to do with any environmental things. And um, But I guess in the last sort of, uh, sort of uh, I guess, seven or eight years or so, we've uh, added technology to our other sort of like um, bow as well too. So we've got the tech and we've got the, uh, the environmental stuff and we've... Um, Got some great teachers at our school, making sure everything works. So yeah, it's a it's a great place to be. Um, Marcus, you know, 
One of the things you're well known for and CARAM Primary School is well known for is Radio CARAM. Um, you know, I was wondering, how would you describe what it is and um, what's the extraordinary learning opportunities that it provides your students? Well, I guess Radio CARAM has been a really cool thing at our school. for. We started back in 2012 and I, I, I sort of, it started because I used to work back in the day at 3CR Radio and um was there for about 10 years or so. So I had this radio knowledge. When I became a teacher in uh, 2008 at Caron Primary School, I became a teacher in 2008 and I joined Caron Primary School that year. And then um, I always had in the mind, my mind to sort of, uh, you know, bring that sort of stuff to Caron Primary School. In 2012, when uh, I guess internet radio became a bit of a possibility, uh, a, a real possibility, we uh, I introduced um it to our school and it was an opportunity for our kids just to share their their kooky ideas about things so they're talking about you know the games they played and um their friends and pop stars they liked and just sort of had a chance to share their thoughts to to a broader audience and to the families and communities in our area and uh and then the idea came that well hang on all these kids play sport down the local Roydor Reserve, which is only about a five-minute walk from our school, and they play football there, they play cricket there. And so we had the idea of inviting um, the local cricket club and footy club to be involved in Radio Caram. So that's when it sort of took another level. We had the kids and then we had the local community broadcasting their shows. So, And it's from that um, it's become like a, a community broadcasting station where it's um, it's run by uh, a, I guess a committee of management who consists of people in the community as well as at Karen Primary School. So it's become a real community thing, and uh, our kids love that fact because it means they're not only just broadcasting to their friends at school and their families, but they're broadcasting ideas and messages to the local community. And uh, and as it turns out, we've got a worldwide audience as well too. A lot of them are in California. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> so um, what if I was to do something like this? What Have you got some advice for a school that wanted to start their own internet radio station? Or I know like a lot of schools are thinking about like podcasting and things like that. What are, What's your advice for, for another school out there? Just go and do it. It's the easiest and most inexpensive thing to do at any old school. And I don't know why schools aren't doing it everywhere because the internet means you connect to anywhere. Everyone's got a Fire Phone. Everyone's got a PC. Everyone can listen in and download podcasts. And uh, I think that um, it's it's like doesn't cost much. A lot of the apps are free. The techno, the actual equipment to buy only costs a few hundred bucks. So, I mean, I, I originally bought all the equipment for our school. And I spent about oh, three or four hundred dollars, and off we're running, you know. And we're connecting to people all over the shop. But it's it's it takes a bit of dedication. You've actually got to have a bit of a mindset. You're going to make this happen. And um, fortunately, of course, it plays into every school's communication program. So it's always that if you're trying to find a, a curriculum link, well, there you go. You got technology. You got you got uh, communication, and um, and they got a whole lot of other issues which you can definitely tie in in terms of curriculum. But it's uh, it's not hard to get it started and uh, you just need to get on Radio Caram, send me an email and I'm happy to uh, come out and talk to you because we've had lots of schools come to our, to Caram Primary School just to learn how to set up their own radio station and, uh, yeah, so please email me. And how about the so kid- – oh, sorry, Andrew, I've got another question. There you go. I was just thinking, like, what are the kids' perception of it? Like what are the things that they talk about in the – the skills that you see coming through in them. 
Well, it's I guess um, well they talk about things that are interesting. You're talking about programming, so they they program sports programs, they program gaming programs, they program all sorts of kooky malooky type shows that things that they're interested. In. I don't, I never actually direct them into a certain zone. I say, oh, we need a show on that, or we need a show on that. I, I don't do that. I say, I let them choose their own options because they're the ones who have got to be inspired. They're the ones who have got to keep the thing going, and so they've got to have some interest in the topic. So I let them make their own choices. And uh, in terms of the the impact on our school, it's we've got a pretty intensive communication program at our school where we run um, a program uh, called Toastmasters, which is you may have heard of it. It's like is Toastmasters International is a public speaking program in America, and it's now a worldwide program. I mean, it's all over. Well, it's in Australia as well too. And um, so we use that particular program to all the grade five, six kids speak, uh, do Toastmasters public speaking, and it's you know, to, you know, it's um, topic head speaking and you know prepared speeches and etc. It's every week we do that, and that sort of plays in beautifully with the uh, broadcasting because the kids are using those skills of speaking clearly and getting the message through in, a, in an exciting, engaging way uh, through Radio Caram. So. And of course, then of course they because of these skills, they uh, we spend a, the kids in grade five and six uh, spend a lot of time speaking at conferences outside of our school. So uh, just today, we um, our kids are uh, speaking at the Big Green Schools conference at another school, and they were presenting their ideas about uh, cleaning up the streets around Carrum, and uh, they had to share their thoughts uh, to a, a group of uh, about a hundred or so students and teachers in our local area here and um we often speak at conferences and you've seen us at the uh at the digicon conference as well too we like to we like to bring them out we like to let them experience the real world and share their their knowledge and uh i guess communication program at current primary school gives them that confidence to go and do so how would it look um say in a grade four class for example is it intertwined within your literacy program or is it part of an inquiry program or is it just a completely separate thing altogether it's it's part of the school philosophy we want our kids to be confident in in their public speaking so it's although it's sort of geared at the uh, grade five and six level it's uh because of the the success of the program for the last sort of 10 years at our school it, it plays its way out through all the way down to preps so um all the kids uh, the teachers come and watch us they've over the years they've watched us uh, deliver the program with the kids and because the kids run the the program itself so they take control of the toastmasters program and we just sort of the people in the background as teachers sort of guiding them but that whole concept is uh plays out through the whole school so all the kids right through although they're not doing toastmasters officially they're actually uh using the skills themselves right through to deliver their messages to when they're doing presentations or when they're involved in any particular project or activity at school. So it, I guess it plays out through the whole school in a nice way. Yeah, fabulous. Marcus, last year you were the, uh, the recipient of the 2017 Churchill Fellowship, uh, which has enabled you to visit some schools and institutions in the US that are leading um, with implementing uh, digital technologies. Uh, we were wondering if you could share some of your experiences. Well, that was I actually. It was I went. Uh, I travelled. That was an amazing opportunity, and I travelled to America in uh, May, June this year. And uh, 
Yeah, I was just, I mean, there's some unbelievable schools over there and I just wanted to explore because we, we want to ex- we want to set up a makerspace at Karen Primary School. We want to explore that whole thing. And so that was the motivation. And then uh, having the chance to travel to some uh, schools in, say, California where um, and meet with people who are doing it on the ground uh, gave me a lot of insight and some knowledge to bring back to our school. But wasn't it's only for our school it's actually for our network i want uh, sort of a network i'm sort of the on the the, the traveler for the network and uh, sharing it with them but um when i got there I, I i sort of didn't know what to expect in terms of makerspace and i um they a lot of them are involved with um uh harvard's program agency by design and so all the uh the critical thinking which comes from a makerspace tended to be the focus. It wasn't so much uh, using the technology and and using so it was more the thinking behind the actual activity, which was the tended to be the focus of all their, their makerspace activities. So that was something I was uh, oh no surprised. I guess I was really pleased to discover because that's an area which all schools are trying to develop the critical thinking and the problem solving activities. And the, but um, when I was over there, I um, I met up with. Um, Edward Clapp, who's uh, the principal investigator at Project Zero for Agency by Design, and he was uh, sharing with me uh, some of his new thoughts on this whole process. And uh, at the moment, they've, he, they did a they did a research project on uh, maker center learning, just in I guess in schools across America, on a project they are running. Um, and he's now looking at a new one where it's making across the curriculum. So you don't just go to one location just to do your making; you actually Right through the right through the classrooms in the school, there is making going on uh, across all areas of the curriculum, and uh, we're particularly interested in that at Karen Primary School and our network as well too. And uh, and uh, hopefully we'll become involved with with him and his uh, work as uh, time goes on as well too down at our part of the world. So we're excited by that. Um, I also had a chance to visit some other organisations who are doing some um, interesting just in the community. So I went to a um, uh, an organisation called uh, Free Geek, and Free Geek are involved with um, sort of recycling uh, technology. You know how we got every school's got millions of PCs hanging around, and they chuck them out at the end of the year, and they get rid of them, and who knows where they go. Um, the idea that um, this organisation actually takes all those old PCs and uh, renovates them, recycles them, and uh, fixes them up, and gets them then redistributes them out to schools and local communities, and they've got this whole network of people who work there, um, you know, volunteers and paid workers who take apart the PCs, work out which ones can be recycled and reused again and ones which can't. And if they can't, they dissect them and put them into piles and those piles go into to some sort of recycling organisations external to them and uh, not thrown on landfill, which is their key thing. And um, and at the same time, when they fix up the computers, they uh, – they, um, if you work 24 hours of volunteer work, you get to get a free PC as well too wow. in the organisation. It's just a, like some good things like going on. We're trying to reuse uh, technology without actually uh, chucking them into landfill. I went to an organisation um, called uh, called Adaptive Design Association, which is in New York, and uh, they're involved with um, uh, the, the woman who works at Alex Truesdale. She's uh, been working with... Uh, I get children with special needs for pretty much all her life and uh, she came across the concept of cardboard carpentry. So um, 
she it's expensive to to work with children with special needs and find the right ad- adaptations to to their chairs and sort of sort of things so she came up with this idea of cardboard carpentry which she discovered was obviously cheaper but also more effective and easy to use and um so she's got this whole industry where schools in the local areas in new york they uh go in there and do sort of internships for i don't know Eight, eight weeks or so, and they go back to their own schools and they work with people in their local community, um, you know, children with special needs, and uh, help them with uh, with chairs and, and all sorts of things, anything that could be to help them, um, uh, you know, operate more effectively in the community, I guess. Um, there's a whole, and a lot of this comes from um, the design thinking, which is also a big push through all these schools in America at the moment. And one of the key parts of design thinking is um, empathy. So the idea that you, when you work with others, you're, you're trying to think, so if I've got a project, how can I actually, if I'm making something, I want to make something for someone else to help, help make their life better, not just for myself. So there's a whole lot of uh, focus in schools directing people to think about others, not just themselves. And uh, so there's a lot of interesting work going on out there. And I went to a, am I talking too much? No. I went, to a, I, went, I went to a school, I went to, there's this amazing place on Staten Island, it's called the Staten Island Makerspace, and they're just, a, they were, originally it was, the guy who owns it used to, it used to be a, um, a, a welder, and uh, when Hurricane Sandy uh, came through that part of the world, it devastated the whole, these whole industry, like sort of flooding everywhere, and because of everyone came to help and sort of restored his business, he thought, look, I want to do something for the community, right? So he uh, changed his uh, welding thing into a um, into a maker space, and what he's done is he's um, he set it up so there's like he's, he was a welder, so there's a welding area. Then he's brought in all this woodwork stuff, so people can want to do wood can go there. Then he's got all these um, uh, there's a craft room, so people want to do sewing can go in there, and then he's got uh, this they've added on a internet radio station as well too for people to come and broadcast the internet radio station, which I loved, of course. And uh, and what he does is they've also he brings people from the community into this place to actually learn how to weld, how to to to, to saw, how to make things and do things, and uh, and they've also added on um, a, uh, a van which they uh, looks like a sort of a, a space van type thing which they cart which they drive around to schools in New York and they roll it out and they bring out their table and they got their saws and their drills and and their, their 3D printers and they they get the um, laser cutters and they get the the kids um, uh, making stuff in in New York as well too so they've got this whole community entity operating out of Staten Island which I just love and I think it was all they sort of like got this really beautiful model which is I, I'm, I actually want to adapt to Karen Primary School and use that as a bit of a template for what we want to do because we don't want to we want to have our maker space which is great and you know, it's great for the school and the local people but you want to like make something which is can engage the community as a whole in actually being involved in something and producing something because I don't know there's some I, I mean some of these ideas I saw they were quite stunning and and through that process I was involved with a whole lot of oh one other thing like I mentioned I went to another school in New York called the Ethical Culture Fieldston School and they were uh, they were um, there uh, the woman who runs it um, Jeannie Crowley she's uh, director of technology there and she was uh, she uh, again, had like 50 or 60 PCs and she didn't want to chuck them out. So she decided to get the kids to actually um, uh, set up a restart party and uh, got the kids to 
show them how to fix the PCs and so, they, of course, they keep their own PCs. And then she's got this um, sort of centre running there where the kids at lunchtime can come in and learn how to repair their mobile phones, their iPads, their laptops. And they've got this whole, like, program, lunchtime program going where kids from um, sort of grade 5 up to year 12 are teaching other kids how to repair their phones and then they're teaching other kids how to repair their phones so it's become this whole teaching culture and all like sustainable the whole thing yeah. and and all they're using is um when i was there they had this um they use the uh, the the iFixit um, yeah, yeah. Uh, toolkit, yeah. and they use their, their the website as well too, which goes with. So the kids, these kids in grade five, they they they're taking apart this uh, laptop which needed fixing, and they're putting a, a new screen on and everything, and just following the 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 blow by blow description on the screen on the iFixit website. There, I mean, look, mm. it's really easy. And she said, Marcus. I'm not a I'm not a technical expert, but I but you know if you just look a bit closer, it's actually not hard to do this stuff. And she's exactly right because I've been fiddling with it as well too. And so we want to do that at our school, and every school should do that. Every school should be thinking about this sort of stuff because it's a cinch. It's easy to do, and um, and just imagine the opportunities for kids if they realise that they're actually taking control of the technology instead of being controlled by it. <laughs> so there are a few things. I actually, I've actually got. I mean, I don't. I've. Um, uh, there's. Oh, one other thing. I went to. I went to uh, an organisation called Maker Red, who they're. Um, they're sort of like look. They look after. Um, or they set themselves up as a non-profit who monitors and trying to establish um, maker spaces across the whole of America. So not only in schools, but also in organizations. And I spoke with a couple of people who are involved there, Jackie and, and um, Aaron, and they're, they uh, like, have got big plans for America. And, um, and I said to them, look, I've got big plans for Australia. Why don't you? We want to set up. We want to set up a, 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 a sort of a set up an organisation down in our part of the world as well too. We're like the Australian, the Australian entity of your American organisation, and they're right on with that idea too, which is good. So, it's just by travelling and seeing these people, they're so enthusiastic about education. They're so enthusiastic about, um, you know connecting kids with other kids and uh and obviously maker maker um culture is is a big thing in america and you know we want to tap into it and i think every school should be paying attention to this right now because yeah. i know there's a few maker spaces around melbourne at different schools but um we want to make sure it's through the whole system because it offers so many opportunities. I know the education department talks long and hard about uh, critical thinking and those sort of things, and we want that to be a focus because this makerspaces tap into that. Critical thinking is an intricate part of maker activities, and uh, we want to um, see more of it. So can I just direct people to where the, I can find the website, all the interviews? Yeah, go for it. Because I, I interviewed all these people, and there's all these podcasts available. So if you get on to... Um, you get onto radiocarum.org, that's the website. Just type in Radio Carum and you'll look for the uh, Churchill Fellowship interview series, that's what it's called, and you'll see there's about oh, there's about 10 or so interviews with all these amazing teachers and organisations. And um, and I said to them at the time, when I spoke to all of them, I said, look, don't be surprised if you get an email from a random Australian who wants to talk to you about stuff. So they said, bring it on. So, yeah. you know, if you contact these people, Well, we'll certainly put... We'll Thank certainly you. put that in the uh, in the show notes, Marcus. That's just amazing. Um, and, and what a wonderful 
connection, you know, with Radio Cam, the way in which you've, you know, you've brought in the community. Oh, uh, there you go. Uh, around that. And then, you know, like, and then you've got your, your, um, your makerspace. Do you want to also um, just put a shout out to your network? Because I know you've, you're strongly involved in your, yeah. your, your network. What, do you want to describe that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. It's, it's, it was set up about, uh, actually, I've sort of got it going actually a couple of years ago now. We're, we're the Northern Peninsula Digital Technology Teachers Network. And uh, we've been going for about two years or so now. And um, the teachers there are full on and they're, they're a great unit of people and we we sort of regard ourselves as a as a collective and um so when i when i traveled overseas to all these schools i always spoke about us our collective of schools we're on board and we want to connect with all you guys so it's it's a thing we're excited about we've um and since in 2016 and 17 we've run a um a digitech conference so it was modeled I guess on your conference, the Digicon conference, that idea. So we had our own little name, Digitech conference. But the difference is, it's a it's a kids teaching kids conference. So the kids um, run the whole show. So again, that comes in with our communication program. So the kids stand up the front and they run the whole show. Teachers, we're the boring ones. We're in the background somewhere. So the, the kids run the program and then they run all the workshops as well too. So. That's the beauty of it. We always have um, the only adult content really is we have a one or two keynote speakers um, who who bring on some really cool ideas. And this year we've actually a perfect time because we're we're about to send out all the information about uh, Digitech Conference 2018. It's um, held on the 9th of November at Karen Primary School. It's a one day thing, and we've um, our two keynotes are Tim Kitchen and uh, and Roland Guesthausen. How's that? Oh wow! Yes. <laughs> so there are two. There are two adults before the kids take control of the show. So that's ninth uh, of November. So and it's it's a it's a free conference. So you know we and it's we you know take on all comers. We've had people from all over the shop come to from all over um, Melbourne come to our conference and uh, and we're very proud of it as a as a network. Oh, that's fantastic. Been great to hear. Like the student agency is it's certainly one of those things that we all think about, and how can we offer student agency? And we talked about it all night in um, in just being able to to delve into it in so many different ways. Well, I mean, um, I mean, and- um, we're, we're we're only here because of them. <laughs> we're only here because of them. So we want to make sure they get the best opportunities to sort of you know. Uh, run the show. I think it's 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 work for us, and I think you know you guys do the same thing at your schools as well too. It's really it's important when the kids take control. You just see what they can do, and it's quite mind blowing. Yeah, no, it, it is, and that's why we do what we do, isn't it? But it's interesting because um, one of the things that you do also is you bring your students to D, to Digicon. So it's the last few years we've seen them there and they've been presenters and um, and also attendees. So I'm interested, like, what did you get out of the Digicon conference and what did the kids get out of it? What did they love about being at Digicon? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I we, um, yeah, we've, we always bring them along because, um, and I always involve them in the presentations because I think, you know, they're, they're the reason why we're doing the things in the first place. So I think the first year I presented, I presented on Radio Caram and, of course, you know, Radio Caram's about them as well as anything else is going on. So they co-presented with me. And then uh, I think uh, last year we did something on um, uh, uh, was RC cars. We got them re- – one of the boys uh, at their school found some old RC cars lying around at one of those uh, – you know, dumps around the place and he got it restarted again and uh, he showed the kids how to do it. And I thought, well, you know, 
as it was his idea, you know, we should get him involved in, him and his mates involved in presenting. So they co-presented with me last year. And then uh, and this year we had uh, our prep teacher, one of our amazing prep teachers, uh, doing Blue Bots and she's been um, – uh, working with uh, with four of our grade six students, and they um, they were uh, they co-presented with her about Bluebots this year. So we love bringing them along because you know why not? It's it's all about we talk about the kids all the time, so we should have them involved. And so I love them being there. And for them, we've always I guess the workshops we've picked out. I've been sort of careful not to pick. I pick things for us to go to that uh, makes sense to them. So this year we went to uh, Microbit one. We went to to, I'm not sure who ran, I can't remember the person's name. We ran. We also entered the Makerspace one, which was run by the teacher from Geelong College. I can't remember his name as well too, but it was uh, both those are really good. And um, it was one other one we went in the morning as well too because it's a while ago now, I've sort of forgotten. Cause, but we, uh, the kids love it. They love going. And every year we've gone, the kids have really uh, come away and come back to school and then, uh, you know, the next uh, next Toastmaster session, <laughs> they've shared their uh, their information with the rest of the kids about things they've discovered. You know, I, and uh, so from their perspective, it's a big win. And I, I think of the last three years I've been going, I thought this year was, there was something special about this year. Um, I don't know. I, it was the same place as last year, Australian Catholic University, but it was... Um, I don't know. It seemed to it seemed to be better. I don't know. I, 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 something about I don't know. The workshops were something about them were more. I sort of got more out of them than previous years. Though it's always been really high standard, but there was something unique about this year. And did you have the same feeling? Yeah, completely. It was. Um, there was. It, I love that. And I think this happens every time at Digicon that every year goes by and there's something new. So like when you talked about the micro bits and things like that, like every time there's just something new and it just piques your interest again and goes, oh, well, there's something else I can be doing or something else that can really enhance the stuff that we're doing. So, um, so yeah, completely agree. It's, um, it's a great, a great, um, great conference for being able to, to really bring together the things that are happening at the moment. And I reckon you should uh, have some. Um, I know it's a generally an adult teachery program, but I, it'd be nice to add in um, kids' presentations as well too to the Digicon in the future. Is that say any thinking about that going forward? Um, we do, we're, and we always encourage having kids around. So I know you do in yeah. the past in the in the makerspace and things. Um, but yeah, it's um, and it's certainly something that at uh, DLTV we talk about a lot around kids' conferences and and even how the kids sort of bringing things to the the questions or the discussions that we're having what are the kids bringing to that because they've got so much to offer and it's um it's really about them as you said yeah 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 good excellent yeah i mean it's uh, we 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 love it and we 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 you know we happily and that our principal loves it we're in sort of passionate about it as well too so we always get the green light we bring we brought our whole plt team along this year we actually every year we always bring the whole plt team along so you know that's we get the support from the principal's great and uh all the teachers that come along you know through that process always bring so much back to our school so you know keep it up we love it <laughs> right. and it was well, uh james colbert was the teacher from oh yes uh, just in case people are looking to go to a presentation, James has been around for a couple of years doing presentations for, um, at Digicon, so get along and see one of his sessions next year. He was really good, really enjoyed it. Well, 
thank you so much, Marcus, for coming along. Uh, we really love hearing your your stories, your and the amazing things that you're doing with your students. Uh, and um, we really appreciate you you sharing your knowledge. And uh, I'm sure the listeners also will um, just get a real kick out of and in, and an inspiration uh, for some of the amazing things that you're doing. So thank you so much. Thanks, Andrew. My pleasure. I love your work. Keep it up, you guys. You're, uh, I love uh, the DLTV always does uh, an amazing job. And, uh, you know, it's important we've got an organisation like you out there because it gives us that sort of like focus and direction and uh, tips and tricks to bring back to our kids. So, you know, love your work too. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Marcus. So we do actually have some tips and tricks coming up. Um, just so people know, we've got the uh, Everybody Dance now um, Is that how you say it? Now. I'm going to put it into that, uh, that whole sentence. So the NAO is a, um, a little robot that you can uh, program. And you don't have to, they're very expensive to buy, but you don't have to have the NAO to be able to participate in the competition. So you just do the, the programming for it and, um, and then you can turn up on the day to present your project and you you give your um, algorithms to the NAO and it it dances so it's a, it's a very exciting so the team from Brainery are doing a couple of things the registrations open now until the end of um or mid November so about the 16th of November and um, they also have an animation and coding session for teachers so if you're interested in that we've got that coming up on the 17th of October all the details are on the uh, DLTV website and also some Python stuff that's coming up. So on the 17th of October, we've got computational thinking in Python. So teachers that have a little bit of a grasp of basic programming concepts and uh, and want to do a little bit more. So that's um, a secondary-focused event that's coming up as well. And then on the 22nd of October, we've got so many events happening at the moment. 22nd of October, we've got the Digital Technologies Curriculum and Skills Workshop. So uh, that's run by ACA who are doing some amazing stuff in sharing expertise around digital technologies curriculum and uh, the things you need. So that one's in Ballarat, so a great one for our regional uh, listeners who are wanting to to come along to that. And there's also one on the 23rd of October in Warrnambool, so a great thing for people to get along to. And I think we've got another Python workshop on the 30th of November as well, Mel, uh, wrangling data with Python. Uh, so that's another one there for sort of aimed towards Year 7 to 10 teachers. So if you're uh, keen on getting into a bit of Python, that one's also on that date at Acme Studio 2 in Federation Square. So uh, registration, I do believe, is open, but there's only 13 places left. So get in while, there's still, while you still can. Right. Oh, that was fantastic tonight, Andrew. It was really great to hear from Marcus. Um, I know a passion that for me is around, like when he was talking for maker spaces in our classrooms, um, is a really big passion that I know that we have at our school and that we try to do a lot of the time. So um, I really enjoyed listening to to the ideas that he had there around uh, student voice and student agency that yeah. um, that I might be able to think about when I go to work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that release, you know, release, um, giving release to the students to, and you know, to let them, you know, take charge and construct their own curriculum and and make and do and learn from experience. I think it's so much uh, for for us all to learn from from that from this podcast. So, yeah. So um, be sure also to uh, tweet out 
the podcast at hashtag DLTP podcast so uh, everyone can uh, jump on board and have a listen. All righty. Well, thanks for tonight, Andrew. Thank you, Belle. It was awesome. See you next time. <laughs>